This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Like a butterfly, stinging like a bee. On a lady, stinging the whiff of One one, I did it! Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to a very special edition of the Drive-In Podcast. A bonus episode, our second of the week. This is our recap of season two for Marvel's Moon Knight. Uh, Ricky Flicks and I, uh, this is Dr. Owen the Horn, by the way, we felt like this is such an exciting MCU series. It stars one of our kings in Oscar Isaac. Uh, it's an electric MCU series that's introducing this new type of hero. We figured after a very exciting episode one that for the remainder of the series, we would do episode recaps following the Wednesday drops. So, uh, Ricky Flex, how excited are you? Talk, or how excited are you to just to discuss some Moon Knight and our boy, our King Oscar Isaac? This is quite the show, Doctor. We uh, this is quite the show. This is worth an episode, uh, a special episode, an emergency episode, whatever you want to call it. This is more than deserving, and Oscar Isaac is our King, so we have to honor him properly, and I think we're doing that here. Man, Oscar Isaac, we I was like second guessing like a, a actor of his caliber doing a show like this. Just thinking of like, it's called almost like these MCU series are reserved for these second rate heroes and second rate actors compared to the heavyweights that we think of when we associate with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I am, I've been pleasantly surprised and I think we're in for something special over the course of the next few episodes. And uh, season, I mean, episode two, my God, I, I, I think this is like the most fun I've had watching an MCU single episode since Loki. Like Loki had like, I want to say like a string of two to three consecutive where I was absolutely locked in. And I think this is about to go on a similar run. Are you, are you getting that same vibe where this has the potential to maybe be the best MCU series we've gotten yet? Yeah, I think so. I think it all started with WandaVision last January, right? And that one was more, the expectations were sky high. Oh, yeah. The expectations were sky high. You had all these different theories and Agatha, just you had so many different aspects to that that you were looking forward to and it was hard to live up to. And for me, it didn't live up to even close by the end of it. So compare that to Falcon Winter Soldier next, where it was like, I don't know that I thought the writing was awful. We talked about that many times. So I don't want to belabor the point here and Loki. Yeah, that was great. But again, like not, and like Tom Hiddleston, no offense to him. I know today actually just got announced that he's going to star in an Apple TV show about him playing a guy that walks across Antarctica, but oh. he's not an A-lister. And the other show, uh, Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner, that one, it's, Haw- it's Hawkeye. Like, what do we, the, the most exciting thing was where we're going to get a Vincent D'Onofrio kingpin appearance. So basically to have Oscar Isaac and a lister and, e- and Ethan Hawke and a lister coming in here is a whole different vibe. It changes the game entirely. And it shows this for these two, for these two episodes, I would say, I guess Loki's final couple episodes are the only ones that would rival this one for any Disney plus show yet. I, I'm a big WandaVision fan. I didn't like the finale similar to you, but I actually like the the, I, the idea of the MCU pushing its boundaries, 
changing its formula. And it feels like they went from WandaVision to uh, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, which became very formulaic based on what we've seen previously from the MCU. But I, it was like WandaVision was a little different because you said the hype was sky high, but we also had a lot of familiarity with these characters. There was a lot of rumors about Fantastic Four, Mephisto, some popular characters within pop culture. And like maybe like it was just a lot of assumptions. But here it's so different because we have a character who's not very popular within the comics. There aren't a lot, there isn't a lot of knowledge regarding this character. And they we already know these showrunners are kind of taking some liberties with the source material in the first place. So it's exciting to go week for week, week for week here. And not doing the prototypical, okay, are they going to feature this villain? Or are they going to feature this supporting character? It's more about enjoying the performances from our boy, Oscar Isaac, from one of the goats, Ethan Hawke, and then all of these uh, interesting dynamics that are being thrown in front of us. Yeah, and I'll just say this as well. Like, obviously, the character study, the multi-personality thing, that's probably what drew Oscar Isaac here, not only because it's a Disney property and he could be seen by a wider audience, but probably because of the actual character here. And same with Ethan Hawke being a cult leader, right? But what else is popular right now in today's, like, cinema? And it's like it's like a Assassin's Mercenaries, like John Wick, right deadpool like and moon knight here is just going off of that trend right now so not only is it a marvel show and you have these critically acclaimed actors playing this character these character studies but it's also following a popular trend right now in, in movies and with audiences so i think that just makes it even better and for us we're just jumping on the wave here and just keep going gonna keep riding this out for the next four weeks right and it seems like like psychological thrillers are such is such a popular genre in this day and age. And it seems like if it's not a superhero movie, if a movie comes on stream, people like, it seems like a lot of great directors during this time are attracted to doing a psychological thriller. You have a lot of great actors who are attracted to those type of roles. We're combining that with a superhero genre type of project. Super exciting. But what I want to do here, Ricky Flex, let's just like pick up where we left off. So we have Stephen Graham, one of the identities for the, our main character here, Moon Knight, uh, played by Oscar Isaac. He's in the museum that he's working at. Uh, we have Arthur Harrow, who is looking for the scarab, okay, that will unite him with his god, his, uh, who he's an avatar for, uh, Amit, or Amut, Amit, I believe. So he ends up tracking down Oscar Isaac. He sends the jackal on Oscar Isaac, and we finally get our first look at moon Knight in costume okay and that's kind of where we left off going into episode two so ricky before i jump into any specific details i guess we can speak more generally here did you like this second episode even more so than the first and if so why i don't know i really liked it but the first one was a good setup I think, I guess I did like it more because there's more action scenes. Uh, we got to see a longer stint of Moon Knight and we got more clarity. I think because we, we got more clarity, you're more satisfied, right? You're not, you're still wondering. So a lot of stuff that's still not clear here, but you got a lot more clarity out of this episode. So now it feels like with the last scene in this episode, it's like, all right, now the show begins. All the backstory like that you ever needed is like, not ever needed, but the the main back, background that you needed, that's done with. Now you can keep going, and then you'll find out little things 
that happened in Moon Knight's past or Mark Spector's past uh, throughout, but it won't be as like critical as like core that you need to know. So now I feel like, all right, we got everything out of the way after this episode two, and now we're going to jump into the nuts and bolts of this, ser- this series. Right. And we talked about last uh, drive-in episode, we talked about how this this first episode was served as a great pilot into introducing us to Steven and garnering intrigue with the audiences. But this episode, man, they really moved the plot along a lot. They introduced a lot of characters and also a lot of character dynamics, right? Not even just like introducing characters. It's like those relationships that are being set up. And this seems like the script is much more complex than let's say a Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You have have literally Steven versus himself, Steven versus Mark. You have the dynamic of Mark and Layla, Stephen getting to know Layla, this character who we find out is Mark's wife that Mark is trying to divorce, okay? Trying to keep uh, her out of the mercenary life and keep her away from Khonshu, who is looked at as the prospect to be the next avatar following, right, Mark Spector. But then you also have the dynamic between Mark versus Arthur Harrow and then Steven versus Arthur Harrow and the relationships with both of them versus uh, with Khonshu. So there's just so many things that you're focusing on throughout. But I think what really does kind of like bring the second episode together is you still have like the Marvel dynamics going on. You still have the excellent action sequence at the end. You still get, I thought there were some hilarious moments in this episode that I really, I didn't like as much in the first one, right? There was some like the wake me up before you go, go aspect, a little lightheartedness, but the comedy here, I found myself laughing out loud, like multiple times. And like specifically when like Steven, first off, they start off with a bang when he goes back right, to the museum, the following the night where he basically trashes the bathroom. And then he's like talking to his boy, the security guard who can't remember his name. And I got to say, it's so hilarious that he can't remember his name. And then you have Steven just slightly saying like, he's like, what'd you do, Scotty? He's like, it's still Steven, but and he continues his sentence. Like, he's good. so good at that subtle comedy. But even that dude just saying like, oh, <laughs> I think he called him a donut. He's like, what are you doing, you donut? And He's like, what are this? What a dog's chasing you? What is this? The Hound of the Baskervilles? Like, it was just so spot on for me. And then it could go on later when he goes into the Mister Night suit, which we're gonna talk about. He sticks the landing but falls over. I actually love that. I don't know about most audience audiences that wanted to see a more badass type of Moon Knight entrance, but I think like the Marvel dynamics compared with the com- um, combined with the complex script really gave it some juice, man. And it has me excited for the future. Yeah, I think I think you nailed on a lot of the like aspects I thought was funny, but like the Moon Knight, Mr. Moon Knight scene, I thought was a little cringy. I thought I didn't particularly enjoy that one. But I think the rest of the comedic uh, uh, notes hit. I, I that was a big critique of the first episode. Second episode, much better. Except I did Mr. New Moon Knight. I thought that was a little cringy with the fake boxing, but Muhammad Ali stuff, a little cringy. So I. We'll get into that. Like, I want to talk about Mr. Knight as a whole section for this, like, recap here. But uh, we learned a lot about uh, Mark Spector during this episode. We uh, we found him to be, obviously, a straight-edge character, this mercenary that's kind of being teased in the first episode. But here we learn more a lot about his backstory, his relationship with Layla, his wife, 
and uh, how Layla is such a badass and like almost works alongside Mark Spector. And then we also find out a little bit about his relationship with his mother. So what do you think, how do you think this episode did in like giving Mark's his like his due after the first episode? Do you think he got enough love here? Do you think Mark, he was sharing it too much with Steven still? Do you think we're just going to get full Mark in the next episode? Thoughts? Yeah, we'll get full Mark in the next episode. Last scene, him drinking and the view of the pyramids in Egypt. Like, this is just like the warm up to get to him. So now it's like going to flip the uh, flip the switch here. Stephen will be in the background, Mark in the foreground. We'll see a lot more action sequences. We're going to see a lot more spy, mercenary, Jason Bourne type stuff. Oh yeah, that's what I'm into. I think this is like the Oscar Isaac we really want to see, not like the shy non-flamboyant or non-charismatic or outgoing Oscar. We want to see Oscar Isaac out, out, out and about here. And that's what Mark's all about. So I'm really pumped for that. And I'm really pumped to see because why the heck did he go to Egypt? Like now he's, is he just following Arthur or is he just re relocating for the time being to get out of London? What are we doing here? He's got to find Amit. He's got to find Amit before Arthur Harrow does with the scarab. He doesn't have the scarab anymore. So like, right, he... he's trying to get to Amit before Arthur Harrow can. That's like the whole like that's that's what the whole that's why he's there. That's why uh, Kanchu took him there. Yeah. So again, that's that's all. I, I won't jump into Kanchu right now. But no, I, I I'm excited for this one. I think I have more I have more excitement now than I did after episode one. I feel like like the you talk about the popular type of projects in terms of entertainment today, you talk about the mercenary types, the John Wick types. And that's why everyone is so like, like drooling and like slobbering to get to the Mark Spector aspect. But this show, which I like, it's like, it's not rushing it. The first time that he's like transforming into this character and with a prolonged scene, it's still our guy, Steven, our, our lovable Steven, that's like transforming into him. And it's like, I, like I'm already going to call it now. The final sequence is going to be Steven wearing the Moon Knight suit and not Mark. You know, this is going to be a full redemption tale. But I think it's just taking you through Steven's journey. And uh, I think Mark's character, he's going to he, he is going to steal the show in the next one. But who do you find more likable? That's kind of what I was going to go to next. Like who I know it's like the type of characters you want to see. Like, do you find Steven like maybe a tad annoying? Because I know I do at times, but I also find him. I love how inquisitive he is. I like how he cha challenges Arthur Harrow, right? About <laughs> what seems like no one else has the balls to. And I feel like that he is just, I don't know. It just seems like I, I, someone I was okay with traveling with for two, to at least two straight episodes. Yeah, I was fine with, with it for two episodes. But at the end of the day, like we're watching a superhero show. We're not watching a gift shop show or whatever you know shop show <laughs> yeah, like, we gotta I'm add watching. some intrigue here yeah exactly so no it's time and yeah he was being a little annoying like literally episode two i'm like just give him the god dang suit <laughs> like let him just let him just do it you know what don't be the impatient fan ricky right don't be the impatient fan but uh no now it makes sense by the end of the episode like he didn't obviously steve didn't know that he wasn't going to be able to get his body back but like yeah, I would have held out too if that was going to be the situation. But before knowing that, I was like, just give him the goddamn suit. I, yo, I think Steven, like, as like in the mirror, the next episode could be a more suitable dynamic, like, for yeah, this show. Him as the sidekick. Yeah, him, like, with his, his quips, Comedic. you know, he's going to, yeah. yes, exactly. You know, he's going to, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to 
forced accent going at all times. It's going to be Oscar Isaac we're familiar with. And uh, I think it, it, you're right. The comedic elements that could be added, I think it's really going to pay off for this show. And we can see Oscar Isaac just do his thing, you know? Um, I do also, talking about performances here, like we'll go into some of the scenes with Mark Spector versus Stephen Graham later on. But I want to talk about Arthur Harrow. How do you think Ethan Hawke's doing as the villain, especially after he got this exposed screen time in episode two? Yeah, this exposed screen time, as you, as you put it, definitely helped him. I think that he was able to polish up. It looked like from the second episode with more screen time, he was able to polish up the character. You got a sense of the community that he's building and his purpose and everything like that. And it was also like some comedic relief there too, or lightheartedness as well. And you can see how clever the character is and the strategic, or the strategy behind it, like in the van, like picking up uh, Steven from his apartment, but then leaving him in the van to figure out what is going on. And then just walking him through like the community and everything. And obviously weird cult, but it's just like, that's in London, like very weird. Just like off to the They have side. to speak three languages, you know, yeah, right? <laughs> what the heck is going on, but you could, it's putting you in his mind and it makes sense. And I think he's doing a good job now. I think episode one, I wasn't skeptical with Ethan Hawke. Like that's just stupid to be skeptical with Ethan Hawke. But I was just like, all right, like, what are we doing here? Like, maybe we, we need to see, see something deeper. And we got something deeper here. And we, we got a lot of Easter eggs here. Like, I want to know more about him. He used to be a Conchu's uh, Moon Knight. Avatar there, yeah. yeah. I want to I know more about that. And him saying that makes me believe that there's going to be an epic showdown at the end between, like, him going back to, like, get rid of the cane, no more limp. No more glass in the feet. He's going to put on a suit or something and just go ham on Moon Knight. So I want to, I'm looking forward to that and that showdown. That's going to be, that's yet another interesting dynamic this show has. It's the villain with Khonshu. And like you can even view Khonshu as maybe a potential villain down the line here, maybe the big bad at the end. Or, you know, Amit could be the big bad. Like the unpredictability of the show after two episodes is exactly what I'm looking for out of a Marvel show. Okay. I don't want something where I can just like call it shot for shot the entire way. Uh, I think what makes um, Arthur Harrow, Ethan Hawke's villain, so good is that he matches up so well with Stephen Graham. All right. I think, why do I think that? Because when he arrives, like in his, like his cult community, right? When he gets taken by those, like basically those fake agents or those agents that are a part of this cult, like Arthur Harrow comes off as so likable. Like I see why you have like Ethan Hawke citing like David Koresh as an inspiration for his character. Like these cult members, right? These cult leaders, I should say. They're so welcoming. They're so inviting. They, they say, this is, they look at all that we're doing, how we're educating our children, what lives that we're living, such pure lives. But then you're like, what's that second layer? What's happening underneath? And then like, when you see he's, they're judging people for the sins they commit, right? And then also taking lives for it. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like Stephen, and Stephen is such a pure soul. You know, and he's so unfamiliar with this type of world that Mark is trying to like, obviously shield him away from. It's just fascinating to see him challenge him. And then also, uh, I don't know. I just, I just think, I think it's cool that he's like 
even though he's this timid dude, he's actually coming out Arthur Harrow in that perspective. And also, like a lot of people say, like what makes a good villain? Like, oh, you got to find him. Like you got to find him. Like understand the perspective. Yo, I don't understand his perspective here whatsoever. But that doesn't mean he's not a good villain, right? It's it's just he's he's playing it to a way like an actual cult leader would. And I feel like a cult leader is believable in this type of Marvel Cinematic Universe where gods exist, where you have Thor, where, where you have uh, like Doctor Strange and multiverse and everything. A cult isn't out of the realm of possibility. So I kind of like the way he's playing it here. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Like definitely, I think you're exactly right with the cult aspect of it. Like he's playing it very well, very welcoming, building the community, making it seem like, oh, this is perfect. But I do think like Steven's just a curious person. You know, he's a big learner. He reads all the time, right? Just to keep him awake. And he's just curious with the cult in general. You could see that from the episode because it's not like he was ever- He's inquisitive, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he just wanted to know more and see like, all right, like just, just- I have this other guy in my head, like might as well, I'm seeing skull people or hawks or whatever the heck, might as well find out more about why the heck I'm thinking these things. So I think just in general nature, like you said, he's inquisitive and it ended up being really funny. So you kill children. That, I don't <laughs> he's like, I just want to make something clear, bruv, you know? <laughs> so I, 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 I am happy that we are getting rid of the accent for a majority of the next episode. I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just I've had enough of it in it and bruv. You know, it's been a little much. Uh, going on, let's talk about Khonshu. Like Khonshu, we talk about the dynamics he has with Mark, how Mark kind of wants to obviously separate himself from Khonshu. We have Layla looked at as the next avatar for Khonshu if Mark decides for, or, or if Mark is killed or whatever happens to Mark slash Steven. And then we have obviously the dynamic with Arthur Harrow being the former avatar and everything. So uh, I enjoy the voice of Kanchu. I think it's perfect. It's F. Murray Abraham from Amadeus. If uh, for those who don't know, Amadeus, like classic film, I've probably watched it in like your World Civ One class in high school. But I do, I am excited to see if there's going to be a showdown at the end between Mark and Steven versus Kanchu. It might be like a tag team against him to free themselves, but they somehow get to keep the suit. I feel like that's almost an inevitability by the end of this season. Maybe, maybe. I, when they said that Layla was going to be the next, like, Moon Knight, I was like, oh, there's the next series. No. I was like, like, oh, there's the next season of this. Like, how are they going to keep going? Because, like, Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, they got better stuff to do probably than just doing a television show for Marvel. And this is, like, six episodes in they said they've said it themselves like they're not they're not looking like they're not it's not tied down season yeah so like and they would probably want to go win an oscar because they're both oscarless so it's like they have better stuff to do so what's what to do like have layla take over show her kicking butt in some of these scenes right show her do well and then become the next moon knight it makes sense from like a disney marvel perspective so that's what I was thinking. You got to see Oscar Isaac next to another hero here. You got to put him next to Marshall Ali. They're like, yes, they, like almost every new actor in MCU only signs like one or two film deals now just because they learned their lesson for back in the Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth days. You, know, you at, at least it appears they have. So like, it's too juicy. Like if, if this character is so likable, they're not going to put him next to blade and like we're not we're not going to outrule the the possibility that blade even shows up in this series 
You know, I, I, I don't think, I honestly don't think there's gonna be a second season of this. It would just either be a movie or it'd be a team up of some sort, or he shows up in werewolf by night in, uh, in the fall. Yeah. yeah. That sounds, that sounds more likely. Um, but Conchu also like comedic relief also kind of good, you know, where, yeah, I, where he sees I, like, I was going to say like the part where he sees like Arthur Harrow and Steven come face to face in the second episode. And he goes like, crush his windpipe, kill him now. <laughs> like it's just, it's the, the delivery I think is very funny. I think it's perfect for the look of the character. It looks like he's trying to cure the bubonic plague in 2022. I think in episode two, Conchu was a lot better than episode one. Episode one did not like that narration or that, I did not like. I low key agreed. One. But in episode two, I think it did. It played very well. I think the only thing I would say is that the audio is way too freaking loud. I think it's just like put a sound mixer on that thing. Way too loud. I, I got to edit it for him. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I think that's the only thing I would say now in episode two is that they got to fix the sound mixer on Conscious. Other than that, I do. I do like the voice, do like the comedic relief, you know, stuff like that. And Again, like stuff like Conchu's justice is too late that Arthur Harrow's talking about. There's some deeper things with Conchu I want to know about. Oh, so yeah. Like, yes, we, we have gotten some clarity here. Probably a lot of core clarity with our main characters. But I think I want some more background on just the origins of this character, on the Conchu character more. Oh, a lot. Like uh, I, I thought like I wouldn't really care for him that much, but now I do. And I, I think it's important to talk about his relationship with Mark and what they do. Like justice is served after people commit crimes, but what does justice look like? They're killing people, you know? And you have like the, on the car ride over when Steven is going with the agents to the cult, they're showing like uh, the execution style that Mark basically took out these archeologists in Egypt. So when I'm thinking, I was thinking about this, what we could have, like Moon Knight's like an anti-hero in a lot of ways. So like in terms of, yeah, he kills people. Uh, he has no mercy when he's Mark Spector. But when he's Mr. Knight and when he is with Steven, he is not willing to kill. You know, he takes on that per- that that person, that identity, right? Where he does, he's not an anti-hero. He's more of just a hero, you know? So I think that's also like, I could see like him, like almost being like a Deadpool character, you know, in terms of just like, obviously just, oh, yep, this person did something wrong, committed a crime, end him. And then also Steven, like being, I'm just going to kill this. I'm, not, I'm just going to like show this guy with my fist and punish him that way and not kill him. Right. I feel like it just, yeah, I like, feel like there's going to find a happy medium between these characters. Either they're just going to be anti-hero hero, or it's just, they're going to find the happy medium. And Steven's going to convince Mark that we're not going to kill people anymore. I feel like that's more likely. No, yeah, I, I was literally thinking like he's going to convince him to be like Batman and not Deadpool. Right, right. <laughs> I agree, man. And I, I, it's a fascinating, like I, I was getting so much Deadpool vibes. We're going to Mr. Suit like situation here. So like, I don't know what it was. It's just like Deadpool, we see him in different like outfits and we see him acting quirky. And it just seemed like when he did that landing, and the, the, the superhero landing, like shout out Deadpool, and then fell over. I for, I thought for a second, like, oh, my, this is like, I felt like I was watching Deadpool for five seconds. Yeah. You yeah, do yeah. not. No, yeah, I did. I did. I, the look of Mr. Knight, I, I kind of wish it was in a different circumstance if I'm going to be nitpicky here. But because, like, why, why would he turn into Mr. Knight in that situation? I don't know. 
but because they didn't know what his suit was <laughs> it's just i kind of wanted like a grand entrance. i don't know i wanted a different entrance but i'll take it but uh yeah i definitely got deadpool vibes with the comedic role during the fighting and then just the mishaps yeah that makes sense i i, I let's talk about that scene uh when he fell I watched, I rewound, I rewound, I rewound it, excuse me, a couple of times. And I watched a couple of gifs of it, obviously. But when he's falling and he nails the superhero land and then falls over, I think it was perfect because it was showing, obviously, the duality that not only that the human version of Mark Spector and Stephen Graham have, but also now they're sharing it with the character of the, the, the hero of Moon Knight, right? This costume vigilante. So I was like, okay. This, inter- this introduces yet another complexity to this script where they're not only splitting the human body, they're splitting also the hero itself and how they have to behave in that situation, you know? And so it gave a lot of comedic relief, obviously, when he's like, we're doing like the float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, uh, Steven with a V, and then he like pops the guy. I was like, damn, like that, that's actually hilarious. I like this dynamic. And then we also have the final sequence with Mark Spector just going off going off with the jackal and then spiking him through a statue right in the middle of London. All right. So I, like any other thoughts on the guy with the suit? Uh, I know you don't, I know you're not as big of a fan of it. And I know I don't like, other than like, I, I guess you could just like explain it further, I guess. I don't know. Was, you weren't no, I, just, like it. I, I didn't particularly love the, the comedic aspect of the Muhammad Ali scene, but what? Uh, I guess dude, I, come on. Oh, don't be lame. That was fun. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a little cringy. Um, but yeah, I did. But okay. I thought it was funny, like getting thrown on the bus and a couple other aspects of him just like trying to fight. I thought it was funny. Um, but going to like past that, when he gives up the suit to Mark, we got the moon jump the cl- that we keep seeing in all the ads, right? With the Disney Plus logo, we finally got that. And then, yeah, we saw the super speed and gory. We, we saw violence. We super saw speed. Yeah, quote, quote, going the same as like a jackal or whatever the heck. But we saw like a clear bloody death of like a dog. Yes. That's crazy. Spiking. That that felt like it could have been also like a Deadpool sequence, you know? Like that That, was on Disney Plus. That's telling. And that, especially after what just happened with Falcon the Winter Soldier, where they said apparently the wrong edit or whatever was loaded up onto Disney Plus. And when they got rid of the blood, and then you have this scene follow up, it's like, okay, (laughs) like I hope you weren't watching with your kids. Um, What else did I want to talk about, Ricky? Because I had it written down. Well, I'll say something about Layla, if to fill time for a second here. Yeah, go for it. And speaking of Captain or uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier. She get she's given me even though I did like her. No, part, Ricky. She's given me the villain from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Just because of her look, they're not yeah. the same. Yeah, just not cause... the same. Just because they look similar. Like just because of the curly hair. Yeah. They do, and the accents. And I, I did remember what I was gonna say, Ricky Flex. But I, I I'm excited to see her. Like I didn't necessarily love her in this episode, you know. It's just it was just she wasn't um, bad, but she wasn't like it didn't oh. blow like she like you're going you're sharing the screen with Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac you're not gonna like blow the doors off the audience you know everyone's you're thinking of the third or fourth character now then you got like Conchu right. who's just lo- like looming over this entire every scene that he's in so it's like your your eyes are drawn elsewhere uh, I want to talk you talked about the last sequence you talk about the running on you, the running on the buildings jumping to next uh, to the uh, whatever the subsequent buildings. Uh, you got the violence, you got the punching at the end of the first episode. Do you think the first 
and second trailer actually hurt the beginning of this show because I feel like that last scene of episode two would have been much more electric if we just never saw it in the trailers. I'm noticing a certain trend here, Ricky, but I, I didn't regarding Marvel, so, but um, I, I, I personally, I hated that. I knew it was coming and it was the same exact scene. Yeah. But I'll say this, a lot of the trailers and commercials like are from these first two episodes. I'd rather have that than the final four episodes. So I think that this is fine. They had to give something in the trailers, right? The Batman gave us a lot of different trailers and look how good that was. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to compare the two. I'm just saying from a trailer and commercial advertising perspective, it's similar. Really just take the first quarter of a movie, the first quarter of this show and just feed that to us and then nothing else. So and, I'll take that. And that was the trend I was recognized with Marvel. They did give away. Like when you look at the first two episodes of every series, right? They do give away almost everything in the first two episodes with, with each two trailers that debut before it drops. Three. Which has me, like if they're willing to show this, that means like that's good that we don't know what happens later on. But to me, that sequence, maybe even show a little bit less, you know? Even if you're just showing stills and Mr. Knight posters and stuff, that's enough to get me going. Where I'm going to be like, let's go. But like when you show him beating the crap out of that guy and it's the only scene he's wearing the suit in episode one, him jumping upon on the rooftops, the only time we see Mark Spector in the suit during season two, takes a little bit away. Yeah. And then obviously him spiking the dog through, that's another level. But um, I do want to talk about what I think was maybe the best acting from Oscar Isaac and maybe not my favorite scene, maybe my favorite acted scene. One of the best I've seen in the short history of these MCU shows is Mark versus Steven after he spikes that dog through the um, statue. So I think it's the him and taking control of the body. All of a sudden, Steven is on the outside looking in through the mirror. He's like, is this how it feels to be the person locked up? And he goes like, yes, it's hard to get through sometimes. It really felt like it was taking on the theme or not the theme, but like it's taking on that uh, responsibility of attacking mental illness, okay, dissociative identity disorder, and making sure that uh, it's, it is being addressed in this show. But, and then also the intensity, like the shut up, shut up, shut up moment. He's kicking the glass in. I thought that was maybe the best acting we've got from Oscar Isaac this episode, this season so far, even when, when this has been like a showcase for him so far. Yeah, but I think a key thing here why it's so good is that it's not just because of the acting, it's also the writing and directing. Mm -hmm. It's like they're tackling this issue or like advocating it, I guess is the word to use here, but they're not pushing an agenda. Good. Like yeah. A lot of series and movies and even like the Batman had a scene where it was pushing an agenda. Uh, I won't get into it, but I just thought of it because we, I just mentioned it, but a lot of, a lot of, cinema today or a lot of entertainment today pushes an agenda this is like subtly doing it so you're aware of it but it's not like in your face like go donate all your money to a cause or something like that because you makes you feel bad this is like good like uh just good art i guess i want to say yeah it's just like recognizing like people have this like dissociative identity disorder like they, they people have it and they have to learn to deal with it even as like this this person with superhuman abilities godlike abilities has to deal with it and you're right they're not pushing it it's not in your face every five minutes every 10 minutes right we're exploring it through like oscar isaac's performance and you're right the writing's so good the acting's so good 
uh, it's really special. And I like I, how they're going to attack this next. Maybe they add another personality to it. And then like, and you talked about the directing. There's the shots with the mirrors are, is, are they're so good. Right. I, 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 and like the different perspectives that they're taking, the looking like the focusing in on the, on the individual that's actually there versus like focusing on the person in, in the mirror. You know, I think it's like, like honestly like it's like compared to most television shows you don't see this type of quality i swear to god you don't you know uh i assume you feel similarly yeah no i think you hit the nail on the head um uh as we wrap up here i do want to talk about uh who we think the next who is going to be the big bad of the series is there a way that ethan hawk is not the real big bad of moon knight is there a possibility that on his level there is someone beyond him beyond arthur harrow maybe Amit or maybe someone else playing him. Do you think Arthur Harrow is going to be the big bad of this show? Yes. Yes. And it's because it's just the uh, process of elimination, right? We like Kanshu, like I see your point. That could be a thing they do after they defeat Ethan Hawke. But I just don't see that being like the big bad of a show, just like a side thing. The Amit character, we have no, I, I don't know who's playing that character, but we have Ethan Hawke in a TV series. Like, he's going to be the guy. You know, we can't just, like, disregard Ethan Hawke like that. So even if Amit or Amit, whatever, comes out, like, it's still Ethan Hawke's stick to, like, show here. I have a hard time believing someone's going ahead on the villain between Ethan yeah. Hawke, you know? So who's going I'm ahead? I'm going to run with that. 100%. And then, as like, I'll, I'll, ask, you, I'll ask you if you have anything to leave on the floor before we go. But as we head towards episode three, and I'm, I'm just going to ask this now because this is our first recap. Odds on now, do we get Blade in Moon Knight? Based on the rumors uh, and what we talked about last, like on the podcast last episode, yeah, I still am in that camp. Really? Uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say we don't get him. I feel like Oscar Isaac wouldn't have signed on if he's going to have another MCU hero jump mm. in and like, this was like, he looked at this as like a potential acting showcase for him, which it has been so far. But also when you're talking about the different identities of Moon Knight, it might feel like a lot if Mahershala Ali also yeah. stepped in compared to like Steven, Mark so. and whatever Id- identities are left on the table. For but if we like play to your theory here with the Kanshu theory, so episode four is like the supposed like big turn or whatever big event that happens in this season. So episode four happens at the end of episode four. They show Marshall Ali. We find out Arthur Harrow like vampire situation. So he comes into into the frame at the end of the episode. Episode five is similar to like Mandalorian, uh, Boba Fett. Two of them defeat Arthur Harrow. Blade goes on a sweet way out of there. Episode six dealing with the constitute situation. If we're okay. going to play out the situation like that, I could totally see that happening. So but it's like it, to help save the day. Yeah. Okay. I don't hate that. I would love to see it. I just don't know if it's going to happen when you already have the firepower of, obviously, yeah. Oscar yeah, Isaac. It, 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 and and Ethan Hall. again, like, the, again, does Marshall Ali want to, like, he's already done one cameo this year. Do you think he's going to do want to do another cameo? Like, I don't know. Yeah, fans are they they heard the voice. They know what he sounds like, but what does he look like? You know, you get all those fan castings and you see all like that that cosplay and you see people doing their art, whatever. You see Boss Logic doing his thing. 
What does he actually look like? Everyone's dying to know. And if he's like, if he's being introduced in, a, you think people would have beef if he, in, he got introduced in a Marvel TV show rather than a movie? I do a little bit. You would I, have beef. I, a little bit. Like I'm a movie guy. I, I think movies, the pinnacle of entertainment in this space. And Moon Knight, might, might, Moon Knight might, might be changing the game. No. <laughs> it doesn't change my opinion unless something crazy happened like literally no this won't this would not change my opinion the only thing that would change my opinion is that obi-wan kenobi just goes off and darth vader scenes are insane that okay maybe that would change my opinion with darth vader but blade marshall ali changing it no i don't know just i'm just thinking of like mcu potential cameos that would actually change the game like kingpin was a big deal but not a big deal because he was in a tv show previously but having marshall marshall ali popping up alongside these two actors after being teased in eternals i mean after that was lackluster performance but it was supposed to be a big deal i think that'd be cool i think it'd be cool uh anything anything else you want to bring to the table before we wrap up today's recap no like that just to be clear it would be awesome. <laughs> I, I, I want to see it, but if I had to pick one or the other, I'd rather wait for the movie. But um, no, I, I'm more excited for episode three than I have been for episode one or two because of the Mark Spector element. He's going to be, it seems like he's going to be taking the lead here over Steven. And it's just going to, because of that, it's going to be more fun. I think it's going to be a lot more fun, less annoying. Uh, annoying as much as it was more annoying for you i would say with steven than me but i just think we're going to see more of the aspects that we want to see or that we enjoyed out of these first two episodes to uh, to a greater extent for the rest of the season so very much looking forward to it four weeks only six episodes so we gotta we gotta really uh take this all in right so i'm glad we're doing these separate episodes looking forward to next wednesday yeah the plot's just gonna keep moving on you know hopefully we get some marshall ali all right, so that's going to do it for our Moon Knight recap. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at The Drive-In Pod. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube, which you could be watching at this moment. Make sure you follow us on any, anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Insta, uh, not, not Instagram, you don't listen there. But uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the whole shebang. Uh, make sure you check out our upcoming episode on Tuesday for the drive-in podcast where we will be reviewing one of two movies or maybe even both. We're going to be took looking at ambulance and then everything everywhere all at once, potentially too. a lot of being hailed is already the greatest movie of 2022. Let's see what, uh, let's see what we have to say after, you know, reviewing the Batman a few weeks back until next time we will smell you.